Welcome to New England Take and WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Get the back episodes of the show at thenewenglandtake.com. This segment is brought to you by the New Hampshire Insurance Department, which is committed to protecting the public good by ensuring a safe and competitive insurance marketplace. So when things go wrong, the New Hampshire Insurance Department is here to help. If you have been treated unfairly or have had a problem using your insurance, contact the Consumer Services Division for assistance with your questions or complaints at consumerservices.ins.nh.gov. That's consumerservices at ins.nh.gov. Or call them at 1-800-852-3416. This is a free service offered to all New Hampshire residents. Today I'm excited to be joined by Steve Leone, the publisher for the Concord Monitor. You got more to your job, right? I mean, what what is your role right now? I have a lot of roles. So uh, publisher, so that means you're generally in charge of all departments of the paper, making sure everything goes smoothly, working with the ad staff, working with the newsroom, but I'm also playing a role within our company as the VP of News. So we are newspapers in New England. And Newspapers in New England has uh, papers in Peterborough, New Hampshire, uh, West Lebanon, the Valley News, and a couple papers in Massachusetts. So I just work with them on kind of like strategy kind of things. And it seems like a lot of the more local newspaper outlets nowadays are associated with other papers in their area. Is that pretty standard nowadays? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're a little bit different because we're a family-owned paper. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the – like if you look across – um, the, the American journalism landscape, there's some really big, big players, you know, like your Gannett. And yeah. there's also some big kind of hedge fund groups that are taking over a lot of papers. So we're a family-owned paper, um, which is probably one of the, the kind of last bastions of, of kind of local community-rooted newspapers where you have kind of, you know, local ownership that helps define kind of where you're going. It's got to help with your independence of what ultimately goes into the paper to some extent, I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, we've always been independent. I mean, honestly, I've worked for a lot of different newspapers and I've never had a case where any ownership ever said anything about anything. I worked in California. That was a New York Times company paper and they never said anything. They just want to see what the bottom line says. Oh, yeah, pretty much. She's like <laughs> the, bringing in the, the advertising What color is the bottom line? Exactly. And if it's good, they're they're happy. And if not, they're not. So, I mean, what led you to enter this industry? I mean, what what about journalism? journalism and ultimately staying in it, moving up into editing and such? Yeah, you know, I I like to think it was, you know, the role of journalism when I got in when I was I picked it as a major when I was eighteen, but I'm not sure it was that. I think I started as a sports writer, oh. so I just kind of was figuring out, hey, what do I want to do? And I did that, and it lasted about a year, and then kind of different doors opened up and the next thing you know you're kind of fall in love with what it is that you're doing and kind of looked around at what a lot of other people were doing and I was like you know I really like my job you know and I think that's always stayed with me you know just always kind of liked what I was doing the advantage of career seems like that's pretty common in media if you if you've stayed in it for for a decent amount of time it's because you liked it because you're not always necessarily making the most amount of money you could as opposed to a corporate gig that's yeah for sure. yeah i think you, you saw me roll up in my subaru and present exactly <laughs> <laughs> i just hit a hundred thousand miles oh, so perfect. i'm pretty happy about good this. you got another 50 at least there uh, I, I actually I, I i told my mechanic i'm getting this thing to two hundred thousand. <laughs> then i'm happy yeah it's perfect so, yeah, so you don't you don't get into this for the for the money that's for sure but um you know, you do like to make a living, so that's that's a good thing. So, I'm in radio. I keep hearing over and over, radio's dead. 
And in turn, I keep hearing print is dead and it's just floundering and able to keep afloat. But here we are still. I mean, how do you feel like newspapers and the local news industry is still able to be here in 2021? Yeah. Wow. That's a long question. Because, you know, um, news is to me a little bit different than the newspaper, Mm -hmm. right? I think if if we're going to be honest and say, hey, is the newspaper going to be here in 20 years? I don't know the answer to that. You know, maybe something changes. But, you know, if you look at kind of the demographics, uh, you know, possibly not. But our paper has been around since 1864, right? So we've been around for, you know, 100 and going on 157 years, right? That kind of means something. Uh, So... When I think of us, I don't think of us as just a newspaper. I think of us as a news organization. Yeah. Right. So our website, we have more traffic than ever on our website. Uh, We do have fewer subscribers. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, the subscribers that we have are our best, most loyal readers. So uh, even just the subscribers that have remained, it's, it's really concentrated in people that care deeply, deeply about the community. And I think that to me is what local newspapers are about is telling the story of your community and and making sure that that continues regardless if it's on a piece of paper or it's on a screen or it's on your cell phone or it's in your email box that doesn't matter as long as people are connecting with their local news source so so we're still here um in some ways we're doing pretty well um in other ways i think you know it's a challenge yeah, it's it's advertising is what keeps us keeps us going, keeps keeps the the stations on, keeps the newspapers flowing. Um, the, I mean, nowadays, obviously, not going to get into exact numbers or anything, but I mean, are your advertisers expecting you to uh, to to show off what you're getting with print, or is it more digital nowadays? Well, digital, our digital advertising is increasing significantly. Yeah. In in the past year, it's really significant, significantly increasing. I don't know if that's related to COVID and the mm-hmm. pandemic. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, everything seems to be related <laughs> in some way. Um, you know, I think advertisers, local advertisers probably benefit from having a local organization and local people that can help them through, you know, the somewhat complicated digital universe of how to get their message out. You know, there's Facebook and Google and digital agencies, you know, but especially Facebook and Google, like if you're a, if you're a local advertiser, they don't care about you. (laughs) It's confusing. I've spent a decent amount of time trying to figure out these darn uh, outlets and each one of them is different. I mean, LinkedIn, I'm assuming the local gift shop is not going to be a very productive outlet, but the 60 something year old mom and pop owners don't necessarily know anything about that. And that's kind of the advantage with a uh, more local outlet, like a, like a newspaper or radio station or something where they can say, okay, if I put an ad in here, I know this many people are at least going to see it and they're most likely going to live within the jurisdiction that's going to care about the products I'm selling. Yeah. And you can do a lot of things. Like, first of all, when you go to an advertiser, you, you're trying to help them reach you know, their customers, right? So who are your customers? Do we want to reach them in print? 
right? Do we want to reach them in our magazine? So we have around Concord yeah. magazines. So that's a glossy magazine. Do we want to reach them in what we have is a monitor extra, which is um, a publication that has all the inserts, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's on sale at all. I, ca- I got it. I got it yesterday. Market basket, <laughs> right? So we can reach in there, right? We can reach in the insider, which is kind of a different readership mm-hmm. than you would have in the monitor. Of course, we can reach in the monitor online in our newsletters, right? So there's lots of different ways that we can kind of focus an advertiser to be able to reach their their customers, right? So it's not just putting an ad in the paper. It's who do you want to reach? How do you want to reach them? What demographic do you want to reach? What households do you want to reach? There's a lot of different options that you'd have, but you wouldn't really know that, right? If you're just not ter- terribly familiar with the industry. Right. Going off of your side papers and magazines that you have, it, it's really interesting that you, you've got the weekly, you got the the insider, which uh, actually know one of the people that's that started it, Daniel Barrick. Oh yeah, back in the day at the yeah yeah the, my full time great and. Um, and, and, I, and then we then we also poach Keith Test afterwards at the law school. But that's a completely unrelated <laughs> issue. Sorry, <laughs> it's my full time job. It's over at the law school. Sorry, we keep stealing your people. Um, but it, but it, it's how important are these more culture cultural based and just local what's going on in town based content um, in these separate outlets? How important is that nowadays? It's huge. Uh, you know, not just from a business perspective, but you know as as the monitor, our, our bread and butter is hard news reporting, community reporting, letting people know what's happening, right? But that can be somewhat limiting in terms of the people that you're reaching. So we want to get other people reading our products and hopefully they'll eventually read the monitor, which I hope would help them become more involved in their community, understand everything that's happening in the world around them, in their immediate world around them, uh, and and contribute to our community, right? So it's that's kind of our mission. Uh, but we also want to entertain people, right? So these these are all like segments of your audience, mm-hmm. right? To to pretend that someone who's twenty five year old years old is just going to say, you know what, I'm going to become a newspaper subscriber. That may not be realistic, uh, but are they going to pick up the insider? Right? Are they going to pick up the magazine? Um, are they going to become familiar with our product? Are they going to become familiar with with the monitor itself because of that? And then eventually, are they going to become a subscriber? And I hope the answer is yes. So we want to we want to reach a lot of different audiences in a lot of different ways. To get a little wonky on it, but on on mm-hmm. industry, I mean, what's the difference between a newspaper and a magazine when it comes to how you operate as as an outlet? Uh, you know, magazine. Well, our magazine, mm-hmm. our magazine is a lifestyle magazine. So we're we're. Kind of taking it, yeah. It's a it's the slow roll. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, what are we going to do for the summer issue, as opposed to what are we doing today for tomorrow? Exactly. Uh, you know, in the newspaper business, we work really fast. Yeah, <laughs> like really fast, and the magazine is always kind of out there, you know, way out ahead of time. So it requires kind of moving yourself into the different lane for the mm-hmm. day. Um, so it's a different approach, um, you know, in the Photos look a lot nicer. <laughs> Print a little different. Like, oh. Yeah, you can run your photos big. You can run them off across the page. It's nice. We should have started with this. What the heck is a publisher? What the heck is a publisher? <laughs> uh, it's the head of the, the organization. Yeah. You know, it's um, 
It's usually someone that uh, sits there with spreadsheets and crunches numbers, but we have a lot of good people that help do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I came up in in the news end of it, so I, I'll always be kind of really attached to the news end of it. Yeah. So I tend to see things from that perspective um, because I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to communicate to the community is the importance of local independent news. You know, to me, local independent news is a huge, huge part of a, of a healthy community and finding ways to, to preserve that. You know, we've been in a state of decline as an industry for a long time. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that. I got to tell you. Um, so I think it's time to turn the ship around mm -hmm. and bring back some reporting because, you know, it's an important part of, you know, not just in Concord, but you know, across the country, yeah, it's nationwide. happening everywhere. It's that's a big missing piece that a lot of people have ignored, and there's been a lot of the, the locals that have obviously gone. Well, you, you still got to support your local paper, but the national outlets rely on you guys too to continue to produce content. You especially see it around uh, the New Hampshire primary, especially. It's like a oh, yeah. no-brainer. It's like they're they're looking to see what's going on in, in the uh, in the news where the politicians are going, how the how the people in, are accepting people as they come through. So that local angle is super important. I mean, what's your communication when it comes around major events like that with more national outlets? Are you still just going day to day, figuring out everything and you know they're checking it out? Or is there any sort of collaboration that you find no it's the internet they'll find us yeah. you know they'll if you remember um can't remember her name slain maxwell yeah. she was yeah. found in bradford new hampshire and it's like and of course we reported it and we were able because we're the local news yeah. organization we were able to find the house mm -hmm. because we run the real estate listings and <laughs> and they're like oh look at this house and you know and we're able to deduce where she lived and sent down a reporter and talk to people so we had a bit of an advantage because you know the miami herald is flying in yeah. they're flying in from london and they're calling you for dispatches and you're like man you're making my life complicated uh, but for the most part, I mean, they're they're reading our stuff, I think, and turning it into a story. But only when you know there's a level of it being salacious for them, and that's kind of the sad part. Really. Yeah, it's all about the clicks for yeah. them, especially. Yeah. So people like ask me, what's the difference between the local news and you know, and and kind of the big news and. You know, the way I explain it is, you know, if there's a major fire or disaster or something, you know. They'll be there. They'll mm -hmm. come with their trucks and they'll come with their cameras and they'll do their thing and we'll be there too. Uh, but then we're there, we're, we're there the next day and right. a week after and a month after and trying to tell the story of how the community responded, how these people are doing and picking up their lives and, and helping them connect to maybe finding help. Um, so I, I think it's, you know – a bit of a different mission, but you know, national media is, uh, in a lot of ways is a far, far different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we get wrapped up in that a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, I think when you, there's a huge misconception when it comes to local news, you know, I think it's easily wrapped up in, Oh, you're mainstream media, you know, and it's, you know, it's, we're not CNN, right? right? We're not, we're not Fox news. We're not trying to, you know, carve out a niche on the political spectrum and and sell ourselves based on that. We're just trying to 
communicate to our community the vital issues that are happening, the people that are behind them, and telling interesting stories that will help people better connect. You're listening to New England Take on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out the newenglandtake.com, subscribe to our podcast feed, and get the old back episodes. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the New England Take and WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. I'm here today with Steve Leon, of the, who's the publisher for the Conquer Monitor. And we're kind of talking about the role of newspapers in 2021 and the difference between the national versus the more local outlets. I feel like it goes deeper when it comes to – especially it seems like there's this big disconnect of – where partisanship ends up going when it comes with different sorts of outlets. Cable news, 100%, you you know you're getting a a left or a right opinion on it, mainly left. There's one mainstream, big-time cable news outlet that's right-wing. When it comes to your local outlets, they're all affiliated with a broadcast organization. Otherwise, they can't afford to be on the air for the most part. I mean, there's smaller uh, TV stations that are floating around. There's small radio stations like us here. We're independently owned and operated, and we've got left-wing and right-wing programming that goes on. How does this carry over to the newspaper industry where you know the Times and the Washington Post are they're going to be left-leaning, and there's some others, like the union leader is known for being kind of right-leaning. How how do you, does the monitor play when it comes to that ecosystem going on? Yeah, so you know the union leader is known as being right leading. Uh, the the monitor is known as being left leaning, and I think what that really means was what's the stances of the editorial pages exactly right, and that's where you know the editorial departments would write editorials, and and that would happen every day. Um, you know that's that world has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I would suggest people read the Monitor news section, read the Union Leader news section, and you may not be able to minus the bylines. You may not be able to tell which story is coming from mm-hmm. which paper. And I think they do a pretty good job in their news section of of playing it straight. And I I know we try very hard to play it straight on, in our news section. Uh, opinion. Um, you know, our opinion sections is we, we no longer write editorials, uh, mm-hmm. or we very seldom write editorials. We did, uh, ahead of, um, the presidential election, um, and took a pretty strong stance on that. But for the most part, we've stayed away from editorials because editorials have always existed generally as a different department mm-hmm. of a newsroom. I worked at a newspaper in California where, you know, the editorial department was on a different floor. You never mm-hmm. saw them, yeah. right? So they were Which taking what you want. When they you were taking editorial stances, uh, and oftentimes off of what we were reporting downstairs. Here at the Monitor, you know, we got too small to be able to support that approach anymore. Where you know our our you opinion, salary still. our opinion editor would be working on news and mm-hmm. and you can't ask someone to switch hats mm-hmm. oh i'm i'm writing an opinion right now on something that i'm editing for news so that became pretty uncomfortable for me and that's when i said you know what we, we don't need to be writing editorials right now i think people get a lot of opinions mm-hmm. yeah, right? yeah, opinions no are not hard to find <laughs> um and our mission 
uh, is not to give people opinions. Our mission is to give people facts so they can form their own opinions. I, f- I feel like your opinion section has, at least on the web, has kind of a different angle than what I found with others, where it's you're getting a lot more experts to come in to give their opinion on different topics, letters into the editor, things like mm-hmm. that. What led you to – is it just – how much editorial are you giving to what's ending up in that set in that spot? We – we don't allow certain types of content to come in. Um, so if it's personally attacking somebody or it's just has a threshold that's, you know, just that we don't want to go yeah. there in terms of, of its approach. But for the most part, if you write a letter to the editor and it passes our bar in terms of its civility, mm-hmm. we're going to run it, right? I think, you know, what we publish in our news section, I find to be incredibly important. I also find our opinion section to be incredibly important. We provide a forum to the community to have discussions amongst themselves and we moderate it mm-hmm. through print. There's even replies, which is yeah, hilarious. There's you replies. Go yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that newspapers do that no one else does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not your message board you know, on Facebook where someone can anonymously write you know, whatever they want and, and, you know, be hidden from, from who they are. Everyone has to name themselves, uh, and, you know, and stand up for what they're saying. And just that fact makes people a whole lot more civil mm-hmm. when they know their name is attached to something. So we moderate that. Um, but we, we solicit some opinions, but for the most part, it's someone has something to say, they can write it in and we'll try to find a way to get it in if we find that that is value in terms of the public discourse. It's a very old school feeling to me. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I grew up in central Maine and there was the, the state line. I can't remember what the, the, there's a local paper that that's weekly or monthly that comes out of there. And it's very much a lot of that back and forth and what social media was when it first started. <laughs> yeah. It's all the great things yeah. that, you know, everyone always talked about social media, how awesome it would be. Um, and there are good parts about it, but there's a lot of bad parts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we stopped allowing commenting on our stories mm-hmm. on our website. It just got to be just a vile place. Yeah. And we were policing it all the time. And it's like, finally, it's like, really, do, do people yeah. need us to police this area so that, you know, we can control, you know, the internet trolls? And we couldn't control the trolls. Right. We'd ban them. They'd resurface. It was whack-a-mole every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's not journalism. That's not what our community needed. So we shut that off. We said... You know, we're doing this in our paper. Uh, and for the most part, I I love our opinion section. I think it's about the healthiest that I've seen. Uh, we have a lot of really dedicated readers and a lot of people who write letters. And, and, you know, the one misconception people have is, you know, you'll have some people say, oh, well, you don't want to run anything from a conservative. And it's like... Come on. Please go read it, please. Please, <laughs> please write to us. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we do want conservative voices uh, in our paper. Mm-hmm. I think that adds to um, the public discourse. Uh, I think the last thing that is healthy for any community is to live in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. I think as a country, we live in a bunch of little separate echo yeah. chambers, and that ain't working too well for us. No. 
I mean, my my guest two weeks ago was Matt Robeson, who's the co-host for uh, Beyond Politics, which is our uh, Monday to Friday evening drive show, 4 to 6 p.m. They're left wing. There's no way around it. Uh, but it's I'm right wing. I'm, I'm a right wing. I, I, I'm very centrist. I'm politically homeless is how I feel. Hashtag politically homeless. But uh, <laughs> um, with libertarian leaning. So I'm very intrigued by what the other side has to bring. And. I feel like that's something that really needs to be considered when you want to come up with how our to make to fix our political systems. You got to know what's going on on the other side. You can't just write them off like it's been the feel you get from the extremely partisan outlets. And and guess what? You may just well learn something. Exactly. Could you imagine? And I think too many people find you know even just reading news, it's it's about affirmation. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. It's it's confirmation bias. It's it's not about actually exploring and listening to other people, their perspectives, how their perspectives came to be. Uh, and I think I hope newspapers still are able to play that role and and kind of bring us back because when I look at where we are politically as a country, I think a lot of it has to do with the fragmentation of our media landscape. Mm-hmm. Right? We used to, you know, used to have the same conversations, right? Right. You were watching the same thing I was watching or you were reading the same thing I was reading so we could have a discussion. Now you have people and you ask them, well, where do you get your news? Good luck finding 20 people and, you, and not getting 20 responses. Exactly. You know, so everyone's having a different conversation and which means you can't really have a conversation because we're all coming at it from a different place. We're going to continue exactly on this because it's probably going to fill out the rest of our episode. But you're listening to the New England Take and WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and com. Be sure to check out the NewEnglandTake.com to get the podcast feed. We're also looking for advertisers. So if you're interested in promoting your business, your Facebook page, whatever it is you feel like, that's long, as long as another, not another news outlet, sorry. Um, definitely hit me up, the New England Take at gmail.com. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the New England Take and WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. This segment is brought to you by the New Hampshire Insurance Department, which is committed to protecting the public good by ensuring a safe and competitive insurance marketplace. When things go wrong, the New Hampshire Insurance Department is here to help. If you have been treated unfairly or have a problem using your insurance, contact the Consumer Services Division for assistance with your questions or complaints at consumerservices.ins.nh.gov. That's at consumerservices.ins.nh.gov or call 1-800-852-3416. This is a free service offered to all New Hampshire residents. And now back to our interview with Steve Leone of the Concord Monitor. Why don't you give a quick plug? We've had you this long. We haven't even had you plug anything. Uh, where can people check out the Monitor? Oh, ConcordMonitor.com. Uh, pick it up at a newsstand. Uh, sign up to our newsletters. Get daily headline alerts. A uh, whole host of newsletters. We have the Granite Geek health newsletter. So uh, education. Definitely Can I go check on? It out. Yeah, on forever. On? Yeah. Ron Concord's coming out. <laughs> Pick up the insider. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of outlets. Like we try to promote all our shows. It was like, oh, uh, this? Oh yeah, we're oh we also have this. Uh, so we started to talk about kind of the the state of people trying to find news in current year. It's the last four years especially, you've really found it devolving, ultimately, is my take on it. And if people don't have the same set of information, it's impossible to have a discussion. Um, uh, you've seen a lot of splintering in the, f- the left and the right where 
the kind of mainstream, like you got the Huffington Post and Vox on one side and you've got like Daily Wire uh, on the right, which are basically all pulling from the times and everything for all their information. But how, I mean, what's your take on this as a news editor? You know, I think all you have to look at is CNN and Fox News, Mm -hmm. I think is a pretty good, just boil it down to those two. And I bet you a lot of people do. It's almost like a parlor game, you know, (laughs) it's like, all right, let me go to Fox News, the website of the show. And now let me go to CNN and just the wildly different. They're not, they're not even talking about the same things usually. And they all kind of pick like the evil person. And, and we all know that drives ratings, right? We all know that that is kind of a catalyst for a lot of this. Um, So back in the day, you know, a lot of those, those, uh, certainly CNN, they had big bureaus all over the world. Mm-hmm. I think they made a decision that, you know, the bureaus just kind of cost a lot of money and yeah, people, it's expensive. Weren't, people weren't tuning into, you know, those reports from all over the world. So let's get a bunch of pundits, mm-hmm. right? And then here you have, let's line up, okay, this person is a campaign manager on the left and this person is a campaign manager on the right and let's Fights. watch them fight. <laughs> and it's like, what do we think is going to happen? Yeah. Like we, we know what the argument is and it's becomes like a, like a high school debate It's your job is to win. Yeah. It's not to actually help each other and listen. And I think in, and you see a lot of that, I think in our world is that becomes kind of like how we have discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to, you know, a family gathering and you have the discussion or with friends and you have that discussion and it's like, let me tell you why you're wrong and I'm right. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's that never works it. out. Yeah, it's – a lot of it's coming down to, in my opinion, the amount of time that's dedicated to actually providing the information that's important. Um, it's – like if you listen to the cable news broadcasts, I mean CNN with its the trusted news and source, source of news or whatever their their tagline is, uh, when that's Anderson Cooper isn't reading the news, it, it's he's given opinion, he's bringing in people to to fight like you just said, but that's that's kind of it seems like they're still relying on the newspapers to provide the actual in depth content that they're pulling from mm-hmm. for all for all their discussions that are happening on the air. I mean it's Yeah. I, so and there's fewer newspapers. Yeah. You know, this and and there's fewer news reporters. And I think this is the 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 danger that we are in as an industry is when you look at the number of of newspaper reporters, mm-hmm. it's just dropped significantly yeah. in the past fifteen years. You have areas of the country that have no newspaper. They have no one covering them. And, you know, people always ask me, it's like, well, you know, newspapers, that's mainstream media. That's a that's a liberal cause. And it's like, no, 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 no. When you look at when you look at America and there's just this rise of something called a news desert. Mm-hmm. Right? News desert is defined by an area that has no local news publication or no dedicated reporter. Well, guess where those news deserts are? They're generally in rural America. Yeah. Right? What happens when no one is covering your local news? They're not covering your town or city council. They're not covering zoning board meetings. Guess what happens? Well, they've documented it. It's good studies out of uh, University of North Carolina. Your municipal spending goes up. Yeah. Right? Because no one – 
not because these are bad people that are in government, but no one's challenging them. So the easy answer is always, yeah, we'll get that too. And we'll get that too. Um, so municipal spending goes up. Your bond, what it costs to get a bond increases as well. So, so all of these costs get added onto a community when they don't have a viable local independent news organization playing its, its stated role which is, you know, accountability. It brings in more of the partisanship for sure. I mean, the Daily Wire, which is a conservative uh, online and uh, podcast outlet, for, for those that don't know, Ben Shapiro is the, the main player on there, uh, Andrew Knowles. There's a couple other, Candace Owens just moved over there too. It's an exploding outlet. A good part of the reason for being able to explode is there was no one else. The conservative, there were no newspapers in in the in middle America for to speak of that could give just a news look at the world that was either center or to the right at all. It and so they, it just gave them a huge opportunity. It's the reason why Fox News pulls in as many numbers as it can because there's a bunch of. Uh, left-wing cable outlets that are going considerably more to the left over the span of Trump's presidency, mm-hmm. which is partially his own doing, but uh, it just breeds more the partisanship. Yeah, and that's never good. No. So, and that's why, you know, one of the things that kind of always worries me is when people are like so in tune to what happens across the country and across the world, right? And of course, we we should be, mm-hmm. right? We should know what's happening, those vital vital issues that are happening, you know, across the world. But people don't know what's happening in their own community, right? Right? People don't know who their elected representatives are in Washington, much less on the city council, right? And if you wanted to make a change in this world, go talk to your city councilor about something that you think is important. Right, it's not going to be ending world hunger, mm-hmm. but it will be solving some significant issues, right? That you have some control over, and I think that's one of those things that that I hope that we can provide. That I think makes the community better is when people are just paying attention locally. Mm-hmm. Like your radius just needs to be a little bit smaller, and I think that's one of the things we've seen with the rise again digitally is that people could know anything at any point at any time about anything. So they, and the algorithms are going to feed you the thing that's going to get the most clicks, which is going to oh be the outrageous thing. Yes. Um, yeah, let's let's continue on the the strand of social media a little bit. I mean, how does a small outlet uh, or a lo- more local outlet thri- be able to thrive when there's so much of this other stuff going on? In terms of social media, yeah, no, it's tough. I <laughs> exactly. Mean, we, yeah, we, we we get we get a lot of traffic from yeah. Facebook. You know, so I I have a bit of a love hate relationship yeah. with with Facebook. Um, you know, they they are reaching some of our audience, so that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, you know, there's great things about Facebook. Um, there's also some really scary things about Facebook. You know, the fact that Facebook kind of knows what it is that you want to read and can feed you things that you'll respond to because it knows that you'll respond to it, like. You got to check yourself on that scary. one. That's that's a little. I think that's a little too far. So the 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 engineering that's happening in the background with news feeds is is you know personally to me a little frightening. Um, so, but you know it also reaches people. So that is an avenue for us to 
to be able to, to reach new readers and hopefully we're able to reach new leaders and pull them into our sphere and, mm-hmm. and kind of go a little bit more old school with them of, of traditional objective reporting and, and solid information and, and people knocking on doors. The demographics have changed so much over the last 10 years or it's like I joined Facebook when I graduated high school in 2006 and people were just, it was just the college students that was in, in there at that point. And over time now, like me kicking off, off this radio show, Facebook's my audience. Yeah. It, it's the broadcast, obviously. It's going to be my biggest audience I can get here at KXL. But that Facebook viewership, I got more than a thousand views on a random, on a video that I did just some random clip from my interview with the owner of Revival Kitchen and Bar. I'm like, (laughs) where did these numbers come from with a brand new program like this? It's because the algorithm loved it. Enough people shared it that Mm -hmm. it just exploded in the viewership. Yeah. And how long will that last? Who knows? Because, you know, ask either of my kids what they think of Facebook and they're like, ew, Facebook, that's for, that's for old people. But. You look, you look at it. They're there, anyways. So I do, I do find that there are is a selection of people that are like a Megan Ferns from Strive Cycle here said, oh, "I'm only on Instagram." It's like, who do you think owns Instagram? It's Facebook. <laughs> it's just Fa- a different flavor. It's just a flavor. If you're doing paid, yeah, that's where it's going. It's going on both outlets, and. Ultimately, when when they start having to look for college or they're having to look for a job or something like that, they're going to look on Facebook Marketplace. Mm. I'm looking for a a new bed frame or something. I'm going to go look on Facebook Marketplace. It's uh, Craigslist is kind of reeling, I think, from the overtaking of the fact Facebook's just buying everything up. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think that how that's going to be progressing here? Worse. If I if I knew, because you know, five years yeah. in technology is a lifetime. I remember I lived in San Francisco when Craigslist started. Oh, really? And I remember walking by the Craigslist door. It was like this little tiny door in this one neighborhood. Yeah. It was it wasn't a, even in a business district. It was like a little shack. I was like, oh, what's Craigslist? And then it kind of started gaining traction. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it took over our world and, and became like this major giant thing. You know, I didn't even have a cell phone mm-hmm. back in 2008. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable how fast technology changes. So five years from now, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? So it's 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 hard to project what is actually going to change and, and, you know, exactly how we're going to change with it, right? So yeah. what we're trying to do is certainly stay on top of the technology and, and try to prepare ourselves, but really focus on the quality of our reporting, uh, number of journalists we have, specifically the number of reporters that we have that are able to go out and, and, and talk to people and gather information so that we can bring that to the community and let let to a degree the delivery vehicle solve itself right we're mm-hmm. not going to reinvent the internet we're right we're we're driving on the road along along with everyone else um, so we don't know what where that road's going to take us but wherever it goes i just want to make sure that we have something good that we're bringing along the way and who are you relying on the numbers? Are you relying your on your younger writers? Are you just seeing where people happen to hit your newspaper from to really see how things are moving over time? 
in terms of like our, our web traffic. Yeah, and technology is like what outlets you should be looking at for reaching more people. Yeah, so we have we have some pretty good technology that allows us to track our, our readership. Mm-hmm. Not not our individual readership, but we'll be able to tell, oh, we have this many people reading this story right now and there's this number of people on our site and they're reading it on this device versus that device. And, oh, they've been reading this story for three minutes. So generally they're reading that story deeply and that story they're just popping in and out. So we can gather a lot of information and we can track that over time. So we've seen our digital readership go up you know, and we track that through page views, but we also have digital subscribers mm-hmm. and we've seen our digital subscribers go up. Um, so that's all, that's all good news to me. Um, because we're, we're, when I see that, I think it, it shows that we're making inroads with, uh, probably younger readers. Yeah. And if I had to, if I had one wish, uh, in this business is that we can transfer, you know, the loyalty, the love of, and affinity that we have with our most loyal print subscribers who love our publication, they, they love getting it. It's mm-hmm. part of their day. Um, and transfer that to a younger readership so that they um, they wanted to really understand their community through our product. Yeah, it's. I'd imagine ultimately it's a considerably cheaper way of thinking about it as opposed to coming up with more ways to print more paper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, printing printing is not a a cheap operation, yeah. uh, but it still works for us. Yeah, you know. So still, I mean, print is by and large a large percentage of our revenue. Mm-hmm. Again, as I mentioned before, our readership in print is very loyal, right? And this kind of goes back to. Um, you know, talking about transferring that that loyal readership that you see in print online. So we have this thing called the E edition. You ever heard of the E edition? Yep. It's the digital replica. So if anyone doesn't know, it's it's you know you log onto our site or we have an app, and it's the paper, yep. right? So it's the newspaper, but it's digital. So there's some benefits. So you can email stories. You can uh, you have like a months of arc of an archive. You can search for things. Um, but by and large, it's the paper. So you can flip through it, read what you want to read, and we can track all this stuff. So we know that when someone picks up the e-edition, they're reading like 20 stories at a time, wow. like they would in the paper. When they're coming to our website, they're reading significantly less, yeah, right, along, right along industry averages. Think about yourself when you go to a website. You're not, you're not clicking 10 stories on a website. You're clicking two or three. You're going somewhere else. You may come back, but... You know, you you treat it differently. Uh, the e edition is the product, right? So it has a beginning, it has a middle, and has an end. Mm-hmm. You've read your news for the day, and guess what? You're done with the news, and you put it away. Um, and I've been kind of thinking a lot about that recently. Yeah. Is is wouldn't it be nice if you could just be done with the news for the day? And I think that's what newspaper like print readers do better than digital readers. Mm-hmm. They say, okay, I got my news today, see you tomorrow. Um, 
And in some ways, that may be a healthier existence. It's a much healthier existence. I remember growing up, people didn't pay attention to what the darn president was doing all day. This is something that's expanded from the cable news boom of the 90s and got worse after 9-11, where everyone was like, oh, God, we're this kind of war thing where no one really understands what's going on. So they're – and then social media kicked in. Mm-hmm. It's just a vicious cycle of the last uh, 30 years on how things are going to be handled. Yeah. Yeah, so we got to – I think in some ways, I mean, we've been in this constant speed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if we all need to slow down a little yeah. bit uh, and that wouldn't be such a bad thing. Um, kind of makes me think of, you know, even when people are reading. Yeah. Because you know, we can track all of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when do you think they read? They read during their work day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's when internet traffic is highest. <laughs> the it's best like internet, you, they yeah. the best quiet time. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you look at you look at your web traffic, it's like, oh, people just got to work. <laughs> then you're like, oh, it's lunchtime and and you know, that's the you know, the hump in the middle of the day. And then they go home and and then they log in back at like seven or eight. Yeah. See, see, if, like see if it's hit I, the fan again yeah. or not. <laughs> I just ate, I'm gonna digest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're at the end of the show here. Why don't you give one more plug? Where can people check out the monitor? Uh, ConcordMonitor.com. Um, pick it up at a store near you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is fascinating. Great. Thank you very much. You're listening to New England Take and WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierset. Be sure to check out the back episodes at thenewenglandtake.com. We're also posting videos, and this is the first uh, edition of the show where we're demoing our new set. It's a work in progress. My wife would kill me if she saw I'm recording it right now in its current state. She's been hard at work putting this together. <laughs> so definitely stay tuned. This is this is going to expand and uh, I'm really excited to put up a great video product on a regular basis for you guys. So please be sure to subscribe on on Facebook, which is uh, New England Take, and as well as Twitter. And we'll be posting all the video clips as we go, too. So if you just want a quick little uh, horrible social media algorithm thing that we just talked about being evil. So <laughs> ignore that. Sorry, Facebook. Yes. Yeah, so check out NewEnglandTake.com. <laughs> <laughs>